You're listening to Building the Broncos with Nick Kendall and Carl Dummler, Broncos Country's leading draft and scouting analysts. Get on over to milehighhuddle.com to sound off on all things Broncos. Let's get this last one up off the ground before we are officially uh, live for Building the Broncos. There we go. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome in to another episode of Building the Broncos. I am your host, Nicholas Kendall, and joined, as always, uh, by my good friend, co-host, bearded extraordinaire. Gosh, that's a good-looking beard there, Carl. Thank Uh, you. Carl Dummer, welcome in. How are you guys doing? How are you doing, Carl? I'm doing well. Went and got myself a little bit of a haircut today. Oh, man. Look out. Decided I, I didn't want the, the long hair when we go hang out on the beach for, for a while. And mm-hmm. uh, so I got the haircut done and checked in on all the Bronco news, hung out with my daughter for a little bit. So it's been, uh, it's been a pretty relaxing day comp- you know, compared to some of the other days in the past year. So I'm just uh, I'm excited to talk some football here with you. Broncos put on some pads. Mm-hmm. It's kind of nice to hear about that again. <clears throat> Football is that much closer. We have a game on, is it Saturday is the Hall of Fame game? I believe so, yes. So we actually get to watch a football game. I know it's not like this grand game that's going to like look good, but it's football. So yeah. yes, it, it is just, it's exciting that we've, we've got all this. And, and like I said, just getting the chance to talk with you once again, man. Always fun. Yeah, man. It's, it is a lot of fun. And uh, congrats on the haircut. Uh, I am exhausted but i'm here trying to do my best uh did about 30 35 miles this weekend uh hiking backpacking a lot of hours in the car but uh here i am it's starting to be a little bit uh cloudy here we might have some rain in the forecast this weekend and i'm gonna see my parents for the first time this weekend uh since last august so uh it's been a full year longest i've ever gone without seeing them it'll be great to see them and uh, that means i won't be here this weekend or next tuesday but uh you guys will hold down the fort like uh We've done many times before, but let's get into it. Uh, This is Building the Broncos, guys. Every Tuesday night at 6 o'clock p.m. Mountain Time, Uh, we will be here as far as long as possible, um, unless we switch up something. But this has been our time slot for, God, like since the beginning. So Mm -hmm. let's keep it that way. Uh, You guys can follow us on Twitter at BTB Football Pod and at Mile High Huddle. You can also follow both Carl and myself on Twitter at Carl Dummler and at Nick Kendall MHH. If you guys are joining us today on Facebook, click the thumbs up, click the heart react. We got Greg Smith and Steven Tobacco with the hearts coming in here. Uh, Matthew Slow Talker. That's not me, not Slow Talker. The like uh, Donna Cox, York, Ralph, uh, Raphael Ortiz, DeAndre Witherspoon, George Fox, Tommy Simmers. You guys, please click the thumbs up, get the reaction going. If you're joining us on Facebook, also make sure go to facebook.com forward slash mile high huddle or facebook.com forward slash mile high huddle pod to get all the latest information of the Broncos. We got a wow react coming in from Tim Durr. I always like how Tim will leave a random one. Uh, that always gives me a good chuckle. Roy Osborne, T Ross also coming in there on Facebook with the likes. Good to see you guys. Um, if you guys are joining us on YouTube today, subscribe, like, and share uh, the season is, I mean, let's just say it. The season's upon us. Uh, training camp, everything else is here. We got new information. We got pads like you talked about. So, we just keep ramping up, ramping up, ramping up. Soon it's going to be week one, Broncos, Giants, and you guys aren't going to want to miss any of that action. Uh, so, yeah, Carl, let's get into it. Uh, but first, actually, even more important, yeah, DeAndre Witherspoon coming in. Thursday is the Hall of Fame game, guys. Thank you, DeAndre, keeping us on our toes. Yep, my bad. Sorry about that, guys. Uh, is the I think, is it the Hall of Fame speeches are on Saturday? Or are they? I can't remember. I've got that whole weekend Next messed up. My bad on that. But uh, anyway, football's you. back. That's the that's the main thing. 
Now, yeah, football's back. Football's here. Honestly, we're so entrenched in the Broncos stuff. The fact that they're not playing, you know, I might uh, check in on the score and see if there's any draft picks that I like just for that confirmation bias. You know, I'm brilliant. I like that guy, and he did good in a game that doesn't matter. Um, but uh, other than that, uh, that's that's what it's about. We got uh, Robert Kitchens in the house here. First go Broncos, Av Nuggets, Rockies, Buffs, and Rams. Colorado state of mind, man. Uh, Gary neighbors in the house and go Broncos. Number one, lock number one. I think lock is number three, Gary, but uh, number one in your heart, I guess. Uh, Chase Walner stoked for the season. Me too, man. It's going to be a fun one. Uh, we got the uh, Jay Cozads in the house. Uh, hopefully we get through camp and preseason without any major injuries. Uh, sounds like we did have a major injury today, not to a big likely contributor, but it sounded like a serious injury um, to, it's an offensive lineman, uh, undrafted free agent type. Cannot remember his name off the top of my head, but uh, ACL, I think. Um, but yes, hopefully they will have none. I know that my, uh, both of my best friends are both Colts fans, and the Colts are dropping like flies, so they're having a hard time with it over there in Indy. Paul Jackson's in the house. Uh, good to see you, Paul. Uh, George Newton's also in the house. We got uh, Chase Wellner, Ken Booker. Good to see you. There you go, Carl. Stu McPeak saying, yep, speech is Saturday. So you okay. weren't. More that off. <laughs> okay. I knew I had something. The more important thing is the speeches because you get to hear Peyton awesome. Manning, yep. Steve Atwater. So that's why that was on my mind. Yep. Travis Tarbox, good to see you. Um, Tommy Simmer saying he'd rather have Drew Carey, but he's joking. I kid. Uh, we're here for the laughs, right? If you can't laugh, sometimes it's, it's it hurts. Uh, Jay Roper. So I asked a question for the morning show. Didn't see it, Jay. Not, not spiting you sometimes. God, I was I had my eyes taped open this morning. Um, so I asked a question for the morning show. Does it worry you that there is no separation in training camp quarterback competition? Can Drew turn it up in the games? Hmm. Carl, what do you think? Well, I mean, they've had what six practices. So yes. it was gonna be tough to to have a whole lot of separation. Hmm. And and the reality is what we're seeing, of course, is every other day the other quarterback wins. And I think part of that. Because when you watch the highlights, a lot of the the big plays are happening against the second and third string guys. You're not seeing guys like Darby get beat deep or Fuller very often. You know, there's been a couple highlights against them, but nothing nothing too big. And, and so it's just a matter of which quarterback's going against that number one defense more throughout that practice compared to the other one, and and that should happen a little bit. I mean, th- these two quarterbacks I think are, are closer than people realize. And, and talent-wise, what they can bring to the table. It's different what they bring to the table, but th- what they can actually bring. Uh, I, I think a lot of people just have this weird view of Teddy Bridgewater, that he is like this career backup quarterback, where the reality is he spent most of his career kind of in that 15 to 18 range of quarterback ranking when you get to the end of the season. He's not going to wow people, but he's also not going to completely destroy the season either. And, and so it doesn't surprise me that Teddy Bridgewater is showing okay. It doesn't surprise me that Drew Locke is having some good days and some bad days. I mean, we talked about that before the season, uh, or even all of these training camps started, that that would be probably the case with Drew Locke a little bit. Um, I, I'm more interested once they get to like practices against Minnesota. Mm-hmm. Can they look good against another team? Yes. Yeah, that's a good point. I. Uh, it's all, a lot of it's hearsay, right? At this point, so until it's actually preseason, uh, I'm not going to put too much weight. I mean, we put as much weight into it as we have to because it's what the latest information is. But uh, I'm really going to let the preseason games dictate my opinion there. Um, but as far as does it worry you that there is no separation in training camp? I think there is a little bit of separation. It does sound like Drew is leading ever so slightly, and that is honestly probably perf- the preferable scenario. 
Um, like and Pat Shermer talked about it today with Drew Locke, uh, second year in the system, third year in the league, second year starting. Like he should be better this year, right? Like that, that's that would it would be an upsetting if he wasn't, if he was the same guy. Yeah. Um, but the fact that it is close, slightly leading Drew, it does. Wor- I guess it worries me in a sense that where you have like the bears camp right now or the 49ers where like they have those rookie quarterbacks coming in and they're being like, Oh my gosh, this guy is making incredible throws left and right now. It's barely padded practices, whatever. But like, it's not that thing where it's like, okay, this is the guy it's obvious. And uh, maybe I'm very class half full or jaded at this point. Um, but uh, I think I've seen, we've gone through this ringer enough where I, I'm a skeptic at heart, right? I, I don't, these guys are going to have to win me over before I'm full on believing yeah. Uh, given how much how much I've been hurt in the last five years with the quarterback <laughs> competition. Um, so let's get to uh, real quick before we get Luke on in here, because he's going to come say hello. See him out in the back stretching. Luke, I see you air it out, buddy. There you go. <laughs> he's fun. <laughs> uh, Stu McPeak saying hi, all uh, obviously want to get Stu in here with a $20 super. Uh, thank you very much, Stu. Uh, always super supportive. Uh, really, you're one of the OCs, so we appreciate you. Oh, and also, I love that he comes with a 20 because I think that's almost always orange. And uh, we need more orange in here, right? Bleeds orange. Uh, I know the blue as well, but I'm definitely partial to the orange. Um, we also got Brian Greenfield coming in here with the $5 super as well. Uh, thank you very much, Brian. Bleed orange and blue. There we go. Uh, orange and blue right there. And Carl, you had another one in the comment section there that maybe I didn't see. Uh, if you could pull that up um, while I stall. Really just great stalling. Uh, let, actually, let's bring Luke on in here while he hydrates. And if you find that Cody Conway one, have it on uh, speed dial for uh after we have Luke out of here. Sound good? Yeah, that sounds good. And I'd said Cody Conway because that's the guy that possibly tore his ACL. Oh, I see, that's how much I didn't even know about it. We've been doing the Super Chats in our chat. So I was like, oh, yeah. Cody, Super Chat. I cannot find it. Cody Conway at the ACL. Well, Cody, if you want a Super Chat also, I got it. I don't know. Um, Luke, in the house. Good to see you, buddy. Did you miss me this weekend? Yeah, man. I feel like we got like an Aaron Rodgers, like Gutenkoos thing going where we're oh, just no. not seeing each other, but we're reunited right now on building the Broncos. <laughs> I'm pumped, man. It's good to it's good to see you, Carl. I've got to see Carl uh, Saturday and spoiler alert, you'll see him this Saturday again on MHI. Mm. So it's good to see both of you guys. It's a first for me being on building the Broncos. I'm feeling pumped, man. I'm stoked to talk football with you guys. Well, Luke, I know that you have been on site. I hope I hope you've been wearing your sunscreen. It looks like it's been beautiful and sunny there in yeah. Denver and a lot of fun uh, fireworks going off with, honestly, the, the best, probably one of the better wide receiver rooms the Broncos have had in a while and definitely one of the better cornerback rooms they've had since probably that 2015 season. So a lot of uh, excitingness in that regard with the padded practices just starting up. Takeaways today, though. We had the padded practices. I know some people said it was kind oh. of a boring day, not a lot of energy, but we also didn't have an all-out brawl like the Giants had today. So I guess it could have been worse. Yeah, man, it was a tough day. And Robert Kitchens, appreciate the support. Michael, how are you? Um, it was a tough day, fellas, if I'm going to be honest. Boring, mm-hmm. lackluster, uh ho-hum you name it that's what it was and then i'm a little confused if i'm going to be honest i'm reading through the press conferences and pat Shermer saying you know yeah we had drills where the intent was to throw incompletion so starting to wonder am i are my criticisms a little too harsh you know i don't have the script so it's very hard for me at a first glance to try to figure out and analyze in real time what the team is doing but for a first padded day i'm disappointed i leave wanting more i leave waiting practice to start uh it just outside of josh watson absolutely destroying albert o on like a little screen pass that was as physical as it got 
I know the offensive linemen, defensive linemen, they mixed it up a little bit today. Good news for Broncos country. The run game is definitely going to be back. And maybe that's another reason, Carl, why it was a boring day today. Sometimes running the ball in training camp, Nick, as you know, it's just a big old pile of dudes moving left and right. And hopefully a back can squeeze out there because there's no tackling. So it's really hard to judge this practice, this day one. Uh, but I had it as a QB flush, guys. It There wasn't a single play, really, that differentiated one from the other. Yeah, I'd heard that they obviously, yeah, they didn't work on a whole lot of throwing drills. A couple of them where they were working on maybe throwing the ball away, Yeah, which is kind of a interesting concept with the limited practice reps that you have, but I guess you got to work on everything. Well, so. and, and what's weird about that is I was sitting with a, a couple former Broncos and they were talking about that specific drill that you're referencing, the throwaway drill. They said that was typically something that they did in, in walkthroughs. I mean, like they wouldn't even waste time doing that. So then I start wondering, okay, well, whose call was that? That's an offensive mm-hmm. thing. So my head immediately shifts to Pat Shermer Fangio. We know he's, doesn't really know the offense right now because he says it every day after practice. I need to go look at the film. So he's honest. I'll give him that. But I don't know whose final call that was. Um, Maybe it was one of those weird days where it's just like we're going to practice a bizarre set of circumstances. But on the first day of pads, that was a little weird. Now, if I'm looking at some silver linings, I'm talking about the running game, right? Melvin Gordon is looking awesome, Nick. I know I'm always hammering Melvin Gordon, but I cannot speak highly enough of Melvin Gordon. I think he's a little bit worried about his job security because one Javante Williams, a player I wrote about on milehighhuddle.com today, who looks awesome. He runs mean, but again, it's hard to hard to grade him really when he's not being tackled. And Kareem Jackson was held out on a vet day and people can put their conspiracy theory hats on. I know some people are suggesting on Twitter that maybe K Jack's not happy and that's why he's sitting out. I don't think that at all. I think that's pure speculation. I think it was a vet day and I think they wanted to sideline him. So he didn't kill anybody like he did, you know, (laughs) who was it? Uh, Bouye last year in addition to the wide receiver. So um, KJ Hamler, he was also kept out because of that protocol. So, your two personalities, Kareem Jackson and KJ Hamler, held out of practice today. Maybe that's another reason why it just felt kind of dull, but it was it was sad, if I'm going to be honest, guys. There was a good, good attendance there, but it was just quiet. I mean, quiet on the field, quiet on the hill. At a, at a couple different points, Vaughn and Cortland tried to get things going and realized, okay, the excitement and buzz just really isn't there. And water breaks absolutely kill the momentum. Uh, you know, special teams, things of that nature. It's just an odd training camp, especially yeah. for the first day of pads. I, I do wonder a little bit that the Giants had their practice earlier in the day. If maybe <laughs> that just played into it of, oh my gosh, we had this giant brawl that ended practice and players almost got hurt and coaches yeah. screaming, cussing left and right. And then you got Colts losing maybe their best player on their team oh. and Quentin Nelson, uh, you know, for half the season, probably with the same injury of, of their quarterback. So maybe some of that kind of made them tone it down a little bit and just say, Hey, let's work on a couple technical things that we want to work on instead of really trying to light up camp. I, yeah. I don't know. It, 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 there's just so many things that go on behind the scenes, but I did want to get to this in case he's still here. Anthony Bomer coming in here with the $5 super really appreciate that Broncos country going to have to watch later. Just wanted to drop in quick and say, go Broncos, go Broncos. Anthony. Thank you a lot, and uh, go, Anthony, is what I'll say to you. Yeah, thanks, Anthony. Anthony, yeah, another uh, silver lining, I think, as I'm just kind of looking over my notes here, and I didn't write about it, but uh, a player that's getting a little popular, Kendall Hinton. 
Uh, it's not just a cute story anymore, fellas. This guy's getting some run at wide receiver. Uh, he's also fielding some punts right behind Deontay Spencer. So Kendall Hinton is literally what you want from a coaching perspective in terms of he'll do whatever's asked of him. It's just, you know, I'm sure there's some limitations to his physical attributes in the NFL. But right now, I like his route running. I like his enthusiasm. I like his energy. Uh, I think he is probably on pace to make the team, if I'm going to be honest. Mm. It's it's bizarre because, as you noted, Nick, the wide receiver depth is just insane right now. And I'm not even talking about Deontay Spencer, who I wrote up today, and um, Trinity Benson is having an awesome camp as well. So we're starting to look down the line. Tim Patrick and obviously Cortland Sutton. Calm down. He's getting used to that brace. All right, he's out there wearing like an offensive lineman brace. For Christ's sakes, just calm down, people. It's going to be okay, I promise. Uh, 14, he'll be explosive. I have no worries about him. Bradley Chubb was out there as well. Back-to-back days going with the ones, something that I was happy to see. They obviously have him on a little bit of a snap count. And speaking of snap count, Bryce Callahan, I think, is on a snap count. I don't think he's hurt or anything like that, but uh, he was kept off the field for a quite a bit of practice, I noticed today, and he was padded up as well. So maybe the Broncos are a little worried about that snake-bitten injury history uh, that all of Broncos country has had to endure the past couple of years. Right. Well, I did want to get to this. Uh, just talking about some possibly behind the scenes stuff going on. Luke, maybe you've got your ear down there, maybe yeah. hearing a few things. We got John DeHerrera coming in here with a 499 super chat saying, I just, just got off work. So not, uh, so not too sure, but is Drew Locked to the Colts just smoke? This has been a big rumor that's been thrown out there today. Yeah. I don't know who started it, but it seems like it's caught a little bit of ground with some people. I, I mean, but have you heard anything about this? Uh, yeah, it's weird. It's, it seems like they're, it's gaining traction, at least on social media and on Google. And you can read about it on milehighhuddle.com. I think Chad Jensen wrote that up today. Um, so yeah, I don't believe it. I, I don't think I'm not hearing anything. I think it's all pure speculation and circumstance right now. Listen, the Broncos don't know who their starting quarterback is going to be. They're not going to deal one of these two guys. Um, I don't think that the Colts would necessarily have interest in Drew, right now or Teddy. I, I, I think that they're trying to figure out their next move. I don't think they're going to go out and panic. Um, if you are, then maybe I would look at Gardner Minshew if I'm the Colts. Mm. Uh, start looking at some other viable options around the league. Uh, but if you're a member of Broncos country, don't worry. Drew Locke is here in this training camp. I'm excited to see what he's going to do tomorrow. Same with Teddy. I hope they unleash him a little bit because it's not like these guys were just playing bad either i don't want broncos country to mistake you know boring for bad it was boring today because both guys were checking the ball down short accurate throws lots of yards after catch middle of the field so you didn't see a lot of splash plays but that was largely in in due to the play calling i feel like with pat Shermer. so it's it's tough it's tough to get a good grade on today because it's hard for me to look at this as the 2021 NFL. No longer is it the two days in Greeley and you got Steve Atwater up there talking with TD, right? Two Hall of Famers. How good does that feel to say? Uh, talking, you know, about the good old two days in Greeley and smacking each other and everything. It's not that anymore. So I'm trying to adjust a little bit to the times, but the Broncos, they need to adjust to it quick. Week two, fellas. Week two. It's time yeah. to pick it up. Honestly, hearing a little bit of it being boring. One, I like in the sense of just with the Broncos playmakers, boring can be explosive in the sense of get the ball in their hands. Uh, I, I talked about it with somebody earlier today, actually, of there's times last year, Jerry Judy wide open on a five-yard slant where he's got all this room to run. 
get that ball to that man. Let him I mean, go make the play. Don't throw it into the triple coverage down the field. We saw that last year with Judy's with that 90 yard touchdown was like a 10 yard out or something against the Raiders. And then he took it to the house or Noah Fant uh, bouncing off Cleveland uh, defenders two years ago. You have yep. explosive playmakers. You don't have yeah. to get it all the way to the end zone. Those guys can carry you home. Just get it. Well, to them. well and to piggyback off of both of your points, Jerry Judy is absolutely the MVP of camp. No, nah, make mm-hmm. no bones about it. I feel bad for whichever defensive back. That's not, you know, a starter that lines up against that guy. Cause he's burning some of the starters too, guys. And it's, yep. uh, it's it's absolutely freaky. I, I've been very you know bullish on on Jerry Judy and things of that nature, but uh, this man he's done a lot of growing up. I think in this last off season, and uh, he he looks like an absolute stud. I will say this: if during red zone drills, um, Drew Locke did try to force it in there, I can't remember who the receiver was, but Justin Simmons should have had an interception. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not going to eat Drew's lunch for that. The reason being, it was such a ho hum day. I wanted something to happen. Try to do something. If you're going to throw a pick, throw it in training camp because I'm not going to eat your lunch for that, man. I'm not going to go pick for pick with these guys. Obviously, when Teddy's throwing three and Drew's having a great day, that's a landslide victory. But it's context, something that Nick and I talk about on Saturday nights, something that you guys talk about here on Building the Broncos every Tuesday night. Uh, it's what was the play? What And that's something Pat Shermer's very defensive about, if you guys know. Uh, you guys don't know the play call. You don't know the sheet. So, you know, what looks like a bad throw to you might be by design. Uh, okay. <laughs> okay, Pat. But, you know. Overall, running game, I love it. I love some of these dark horse candidates like Kendall Hinton, Parnell Motley. You're on notice, buddy. Uh, He just continually gets burned every day. So Parnell Motley, I don't know if maybe that new transaction with that Hawaiian cornerback that came in yesterday Mm -hmm. who ended practice, something else that I think was interesting, not to go back a whole day, but Fangio's ending practice on a pick. Uh, come on, Vic. Like, I, I don't get it, man. Like, I get it. You're in a 50 50 battle, but I think that's showing throwing a little shade towards your whole team by doing that, by not allowing the team to regain focus before you break. So, top to bottom, it was a bizarre day out there at UC Health Training Center. Well, yeah. good. You talked about Jerry Judy. He was one that I wanted to pick your brain on since we haven't talked very much, and every single comment out there is that he's killing it. Um, oh, I've also heard some comments about uh, Garrett Bowles dominating yeah. so far in an, even on an Island, which uh, we know that's not yeah. always the case for an offensive lineman. Um, you don't always have a two way go uh, when you're going against uh, pass rushers, but to do that against the Broncos talent at edge is uh, something that stands out. So I, I really, I know that you have been, you're not a bulls hater. I wouldn't put that on you, but you were definitely critical a year ago mm-hmm. of the, the chances Very of m- becoming a good, great player. Yeah. And yeah. from what it sounds like right now, I mean, it sounds like he's actually great. Yeah, he's locked down that left side, guys. Um, and I was still hesitant, you know, with the holding calls and stuff like that. So Fair. it's all within context. Yeah, yeah, but I'm gonna give this guy his due, man. I mean, the Broncos have got it figured out at left tackle right now, and mm-hmm. it's bizarre, Nick. To your point, a year ago, we're all watching 72, you know, on on TV in training camp, trying to figure out, you know, what's the next move for Garrett Bowles. Not even looking at him really this much, if I'm going to be completely honest with you. I did see during one-on-ones today, uh, he, he did well, man. I mean, he completely controlled his position. Yesterday, Chubb got him just barely on a power rush move where he was able to move those hips. But Bradley Chubb's a damn good player in his own right, too. So, right. Uh, you know, that should make Broncos country feel really good. But, yeah, Dalton Reisner had a really good day. Wrote, wrote him up on mahahuddle.com. Um, him and Kush. They've got that connection going right now, which is really, really nice. Obviously, Garrett and Dalton, 
they're very close. Dalton talks about it emphatically. And then learning a little bit about Kush's offseason, he's spent a lot of time with Graham Glasgow. And then you see that uh, that right tackle position with Calvin Anderson and Bobby Massey. Um, that's a that's a battle, a position battle that Broncos country needs to look at, but feel good about at the same time, too. I think you've got two decent right tackles right now in, in Calvin Anderson and Bobby Massey. Hmm. Say, I heard a couple of the the team drills. They had some people moving, where they were they were either pulling or just on a drive block. And man, they were making that defense look a little silly at times. Well, and that's something that you need to take note of. You know, why was it today that the Broncos' offense just smashed the highest paid defense in the mouth? Well, at the same time, the defense ain't allowed to play. So it, it's kind of <laughs> one of those things where it's like, man, you know, like on one hand, I want to give the offense their due and be like, oh, well, it was boring, but at least they got to run the ball on, you know, highest paid defense ever. Well, not not so fast. Kareem Jackson's not out there. The bullets aren't live. Um, just kind of still that weird day. But Quinn Miners, he got humbled a little bit today, too. He had a couple bad snaps. Uh, I know on one-on-ones, he did get beat pretty badly on one play. I think he ended up on his back. Can't Couldn't see the defensive lineman. They hide the O-lineman and D-lineman, as both of you know, and it absolutely drives yep. us crazy. We were talking about it out there at camp today, those who I was with, and we're like, man, if you put offensive lineman, defensive lineman right there in front of fans – could you imagine the entertainment? I mean, the profanity, the the profanity laced <laughs> one on one entertainment that Bill Kolar and you know Mike Munchak would provide. So uh, overall, it was a good day when you start to look at injuries. I suppose you know you're not seeing Indianapolis Colts type injuries. Knock on wood here for the Broncos. Yeah. Well, any uh any final thoughts before we get you on out of here? I know you've been uh, working your tail off right now. And we appreciate yeah. that over at Mile High Huddle. Any final thoughts? Yeah, actually, I. I Big, big, uh, another preview real quick. Carl's going to be coming out here to training camp soon. So stay tuned for that Broncos country. He will be boots on the ground with me here in the mile high city. So, um, yeah, props to you guys. I appreciate you guys having me on Nick. It's awesome seeing you, man. I, I miss you. It's been a minute. I know you've been traveling and doing your thing as well. So I'm glad to see that you're enjoying nature and you're good. I hope your family's good as well. And, and Carl, you be good. You're Arnry, you. So <laughs> see you Friday. Watching you, man. Yeah, I'll see you Friday and then Saturday. Um, but no, building the Broncos every Tuesday night, 6 p.m. Get it, Carl and Nick. Thanks, Luke. Thanks, Luke. Have a good one. All right, be good, fellas. And we still got uh, speaking, just transition here, talking about smile on my face. Andrew Baker coming in here, uh, named after my favorite mountain up here in the North Cascades. Uh, here's some stars for Nick to put a smile on his face, uh, to put a smile on my dude. I know you're tired from hacking and putting in the MHH work. We love you. Football is here. And uh, shout out to Luke and Carl as well. But uh, thank you very much, Andrew. That means a lot. Uh, but thank you so much for your contribution. We also have Suffering Broncos fan. Um, same. Uh, but the, not, maybe not anymore, but uh, it has been. It's, I mean, in context to some other teams suffering, it's not that bad. But uh, here we are. Suffering Broncos fan, four ninety nine. I really want to see Drew ball out, but when the dust settles, I just want what's best for the Broncos. May the best quarterback win. And if I hate gatekeeping fan, but if you have any opinion outside of that one, I, I question where you're coming from, right? Like that, that's, that's the end goal, right? Putting the best team out there. What gets us closest to getting back in the playoffs and getting in the playoffs, having a shot to win a Super Bowl? because if you get in, especially with a good defense and a run game, one game at a time, things can happen. Yeah. You know, I, I had somebody this last year that said that the Broncos deciding to trade Tim Tebow and bring in Peyton Manning was the biggest mistake in franchise history. 
and I'm going, what? <laughs> like, I understand. He, he helped win some games, made some highlight moments, and that 2011 season is, is one for the record books. But come on, it's Peyton Manning. Like, yeah. I like Tebow, but he's just one person. You, you got to look at the entire team and, and what they can bring to the table. And so it's the same way with this quarterback battle. You know, it, we've said it on here many times. Probably what's best for the Broncos, if if it's all even kind of thing, is for Drew Locke to be the guy that emerges and becomes the the starter because he's got the higher upside. He can do a few more things with the football that, that Teddy can't do. But you also just can't put him out there just because he has that kind of promise. If he's not actually making good football decisions on the field, you can't have them out there. You're going to lose the locker room. You're going to lose the team and, and coaches are going to be fired. Players are going to be cut. You know, there's, uh, there's a lot of jobs on the line beyond just the quarterback in this situation. Yeah. And when it comes to the quarterback position, it's not just tools. I know I harp on tools when it comes to prospects and uh, analyzing those guys coming into the league, but if it was only the, you know, how far a guy could throw a football, Jamarcus Russell would still be in the league but he didn't put in the work and whatever Paxton Lynch, big arm, solid athlete. Dude's an idiot. He's out of the league. Like it's (laughs) sorry. Like it's, it's not that simple. It's uh, who's the best football player and who gives you the best chance to win. Uh, Get Steven Hearn giving us the best chance to win today. Nine, nine 99 cent super uh, over on YouTube. Thank you very much, Steven. Uh, We appreciate you uh, so much and we appreciate everybody joining in and we appreciate Luke for joining as well. I did want to make an an aside here um, from what something Mentioned somebody mentioned earlier, Drew Locke to the Colts potentially. That's just uh, people throwing mud at the wall. Yeah. Uh, but interesting timing here. It sounds like Philip Rivers would be available if the right offer came to any team. But that seems like a direct shot to the Indianapolis Colts, saying, "Listen, if once is going to be down for a bit, call me. I'm here." It's like that. It's like that ex who's like not looking for anything serious, but uh, you know, you're a little cold in your bed at night. <laughs> call me, babe. Winky face. Yeah. Especially with Philip Rivers, but maybe you should stay away from the bed from him because uh, just just laying next to him, you're going to get pregnant. <laughs> Pretty much, that's how it goes. Uh, yes, yeah, so I, I don't know what they're going to do. It sounds like, from what I've I've heard, is they're going to try to play the first preseason game, see how Jacob Eason does. If he goes out there and craps the bed, well, then they're going to start making some some offers, making some trades. But right now, they don't want to look like a desperate team. And you never want to come to a trade looking like that team of desperation. The other team's just going to laugh. I mean, I think of the Vikings when they traded for Sam Bradford and gave up a first round pick for that guy after Teddy went down with injury. And like everybody was just going, how stupid are you? But they were in a situation where they had no choice. They're going, we look like we have a great team. We can't let this season go with just because we have below average quarterback play. And I mean, that's why we've been talking about that with the Broncos of, can you let this roster really hinge on one of these two quarterbacks really turning into something? We'll, we'll see. Uh, obviously they're at that point where they're going to have to make that kind of decision. Uh, yeah. But yeah, I, like I said, I, I don't think there's any way one of the Broncos quarterbacks is being traded. Both of them have injury histories. So you can't really go into the season hoping that one of them's going to stay healthy the entire year. That, that's kind of madness at this point. Yeah. And also you have a staff that is looking to save their job, right? This is a team that has playoff aspirations this year. So uh, that's the biggest thing. Like they're not just going to sell just to sell. So um, if somebody offered you like a crazy deal for one of them, like let's say the Colts offered us a third round pick, 
uh, for Teddy Bridgewater after what did the Broncos give up a sixth? Sixth, yeah. Then oh, okay, you know what? Fine, like that's that's way too good of a return on investment um, before he even plays a real snap for you uh, to to say no to that. But uh, definitely something to think about. I do want to ask you a question. What are your thoughts specifically on how emphasized the run game was today? Is it just because it's the first day of practice and this is really the first day that you can start to implement the run game because you and I both know like trying to implement the run game other than like learning the plays without pads is you, you don't get much from it. You're not going right. at full speed. The holes aren't the same. The blocking is not the same. When you have pads on though, it's a different game. It becomes more, you know, more rugby. It sounds like it was a rugby uh, practice today out there based on what Luke said. Yeah. Um, but uh, what are your thoughts on that? Is there anything I, to take I, away from that? Or is it just the timing of uh, how, where we are in training camp? I think it's a little bit of both, honestly. I, I do think the run game is going to be emphasized. You don't trade up in the second round pick for a running back if you don't plan on using them a lot. You don't pay a guy $8 million for this season at the running back position unless you're going to say, hey, we're going to use this guy a lot. And I, I just think the Broncos really want to have the run game be a really solid part of this offense. Now, whether that's a good decision or not, I think there were only two teams – in the league that when they ran the ball, it ended up being a positive for their offense. Mm -hmm. That was the Titans and the Ravens. Well, Titans obviously have best running running back in football right now in Derrick Henry and Ravens have the best running quarterback in football. So it, it makes sense that those two teams would actually have positive results from the run game, but the Broncos might be at that point where they're just going, we don't have much other choice. Because we can't have these quarterbacks going out here throwing 40, 50 times in the game and expect that it's going to end well for us. You know, both of them have shown that they have at different times become a little bit turnover heavy. And turnovers, <laughs> they're exciting in the game in the sense that they're exciting for the other team. And, you know, it's where we get to throw things at our TV screen when it happens. But, uh, I, I do think the Broncos really want to lean on that run game, play to the defense, keep the low scoring games as much as possible, and just hope that they make a couple plays along the way to the quarterback and, and can secure that victory. Kind of look at the the Seattle Seahawks when Russell Wilson first started. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they didn't Marshall ask Lynch. him to Yeah, they didn't ask him to go th- throw it forty times a game. They just said, Hey, when we need you to make a play, go make a play. I mean, that's what Tom Brady was early too. Right. It yeah. was a top five defense year after year, solid offensive line, protect the football, dink and dunk, get at your playmakers and uh, we can win some football games. Now we're in a star Wars era, right? Where the numbers are different. The touchdown interception ratio is higher than it's ever been. Uh, but for league average, but uh, I still, I still think that this is a game of controlling the football scoring points and uh, limiting the other team from scoring points. Right. And if you can run the ball effectively, that's money. It's not the most efficient way to win football games today that we know, but that's, I think that data is also very much, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? It's not biased, but like the teams that have those hall of fame quarterbacks that are incredible tend to push all everybody that way. And if you don't have that level of quarterback, it's pie in the sky to think you can get there. Right. So you have to work with what you have. Um, so, and right now that's Locke and Teddy and both of them have been looking like average out there so that's not terrible it's not great but when you have the run game you do and again this is a team that is predicated on their defense this year and a team that's very much uh, a lot of decision makers are fighting for their football careers in denver 
And a lot of that points to maybe playing it a little bit safer, which can be boring. But if it wins football games, I'll take a boring win. You can't be boring and losing, which is what this team has been the last five seasons. Right. And and that's, and, and again, like we were talking about earlier with the playmakers they have on this offense, a boring pass, that five yard pass can turn into a very exciting play. Mm-hmm. And that's honestly what Pat Schirmer loves to do on offense. I think when you're looking at what he really wants to do, he wants to spread out the defense as much as possible. He wants to go that three wide, one tight end, one running back. That's his go-to formation. Last year, he switched it up because Drew Locke likes his tight ends a little bit more and running plays over the middle. But he wants those quick passes where the quarterback makes the, the good decision early on and allow a playmaker to go pick up the yards after catch. And, and so I, I really do think that's exactly what he sees with all these playmakers. That's why he wanted to go get Jerry Judy. That, that fits exactly what he wants to do. I, I remember last year before the draft, we were talking about that. I said that, uh, that Lamb was better for Drew Locke because that's his style of, of wide receiver. Judy is better for Shermer. So yeah. depending on the pick, they're, they're kind of showing who they think that, or who they believe in more. And they went with the coach. We'll see if that pays off this year or not. And and I hope either who, whoever wins the quarterback position can actually take advantage of the fact that Jerry Judy is dominating and getting himself open all the time. But, you know, it, like I said, this is where you just have to tell your quarterbacks. Sometimes that five-yard pass is a good thing. You don't have to be the hero. <laughs> Let the other guys be the hero. Yep. And, uh, I mean, hell, Peyton Manning at the end of his career made a, a living off of those short passes. He didn't have a great arm, but he got the ball to playmakers in time and space and let them do things after the catch. So um, that's, that can be a winning formula for football. It doesn't all have to be down the field. It is more fun when it's a deep passing attack, but uh, you know, you got to let things happen. Um, so we got Jay coming in here saying, so in my eyes, the situation is this, if Locke does not prove to be the guy and Teddy is average and we go nine and eight, does Peyton blow the team up and go full rebuild mode again? Or does he bandaid it? I don't think it has to be either, or you have a young offensive core and you have some young defensive pieces, there's no reason to completely blow it up um, in that regard. But I think it's more likely and based on what we've seen from Peyton so far, and this is probably my biggest critique of him. And this is just me, you know, projecting, I guess, but I think he is a little bit afraid to take that swing on an early round pick at the quarterback position. I think he's far more likely to trade for a veteran or sign a veteran rather than take that unknown. And uh, you, I think at some point you have to be willing to do that because otherwise you're going to be floundering in this where we are right now, right? Predicting nine and eight, eight and nine. Um, and it could blow up, but also it could uh, explode. Like right now, I mean, I have the, the Trey Lance hype is incredible. I haven't heard hype for a young quarterback coming in since uh, Patrick Mahomes' uh, first training camp. That's the level of hype that's going on right now in uh, San Francisco. So um, does he, I guess a long answer there, does he go full rebuild mode or, or uh, Band-Aid? Would like getting Kirk Cousins or Matt Ryan or even another uh, pers- pursuit of Aaron Rodgers next offseason be band-aiding it? I guess that's that's your question. Uh, but I think any of those quarterbacks on this team, we're talking about 11, thir- 11 to 13 wins, honest to God. Yeah. It, it's one of those, you, you look around the league, like Mike Clay is one of those that if you look at his you know, roster grades, Broncos are a top 10 graded all-around all roster minus the quarterback position. So I really don't think you have to go into full rebuild mode with that. But what you do at the quarterback position, 
that that's going to be the the big question. If you can figure out, if you can go get that veteran, then you keep this roster together and maybe you just figure out the coaching staff. Uh, maybe that's where your rebuild happens is more the coaching staff than the actual players on the field. Because yeah. I, I think as a coach or as a GM, you're sitting there saying, Hey, I went and got all these big name players, went and spent all this on the draft. You got to go make this work. I've given yeah. you good players. What can you do with it? Yep. I like Tommy's here. Bridgewater's rich man's Chad Pennington. Uh, maybe can get you the playoffs, uh, which with this defense, great team, it's definitely impossible. Uh, but um, you're going to be capped, right? And that's another reason that people are looking for Drew Locke to be as well because the unknown. Um, but Drew Locke also has a much lower floor. So people fighting for jobs. Also, you have young playmakers who can they actually develop and get better if the quarterback is turfing the football or not getting off the first read? I don't think so. So it, it's it's more than uh, just ceiling versus floor arguments here. And we got Dennis Woods coming in with a $5 super saying, great pod, guys. Thank you very much, Dennis. You're always a constant supporter here, and uh, we appreciate you. We we, uh, we recognize you as well. I uh, haven't seen or heard anything about this. Does Drew or Teddy have a better scrambling ability? Denver Broncos for life, state of being. This is an easy one. It's it's Drew Locke. Drew Locke's a far better athlete than Teddy Bridgewater. Um, are you serious? I, I would disagree. Oh. You, look at, you look at their combine numbers, and they're pretty much about the same, athletically speaking. Teddy has not looked the same since his injury. He, he looks I, like Kyle Orton in the pocket. I guess, but last year he averaged 5.6 yards per carry, had five rushing touchdowns, and kind of relied on his feet more often than, than Drew Locke did, for sure. And I think yeah. there's times where – here's my, my big difference. Teddy knows what his athleticism is. Drew Locke doesn't. Drew thinks he's more athletic than he really is. And so there's some plays where, where Drew is scrambling, holds on to the ball, thinking that he can just kind of maneuver and, and make people miss. And then he takes a big hit and or throws a really inaccurate football or just makes a really bad decision because I think he's trusting in his athleticism more than he should. It worked in college, but you get to the NFL, everybody's at that four or five speed. And you don't have some of these other guys that are closer to a five second 40 speed. Yeah. Um, and so I think that's, that's the big difference to me. Teddy knows his limitations with his athleticism. Hmm. I think Drew's more explosive with the ball in his hands. Um, but I guess we're fixing to find out. I think I definitely do agree with you that Teddy is smarter and he's better at picking and choosing his moment to pull. It's more uh, decisive right where Drew is just taking off um, base case, $5 coming in here saying, I've seen so many people saying they won't bother watching if Teddy wins the job. Last I checked, Teddy, Teddy wasn't quarterback 32 last season. Um, uh, that's just fans being emotional, right? It's, yeah. it's all over Twitter, especially in social media, which just highlights the most emotional response at that exact moment for all these people at once, which just hyper intensifies it. So um, I guess if those people leave, then uh, God bless. Good luck to you. Um, but uh, they'll be back once the Broncos are winning games or, you know, tuning in. So it's, I'm not worried about it too much. Yeah. As long as you guys are sticking around here, we'll, we'll have a good time. That, that's what matters to me. Uh, Kyle Wielden coming in with that orange again. I'm loving it. $20 super over on YouTube. What's up guys. Great work as always. Thank you very much, Kyle. Uh, that's, that's awesome. Uh, <laughs> nothing else, man. You're another one. You're another OG always sticking around here. Uh, Kayleon's here as well. Good to see you. We got Lewis saying that uh, Drew is a much better athlete. It's not even close. Oh, Carl. Lewis well, agrees with me. So, okay. I, it, like, like I said, it, it's more just because of how he knows how to use it. Yeah. If Drew knew how to use his athleticism, I'd probably put him over. I mean, yep. if we're talking just raw athleticism, yes, I'd probably agree. Drew Locke is the better athlete. I think he's stronger. I think he's a little bit faster. 
all of that. He's got obviously the bigger arm, all those kind of things. But if you don't know how to use it, it doesn't really matter. Yep. Exactly. And uh, Jay coming in, this roster, this roster with the defense is set up for this year, not next year. Uh, how many core pieces on defense are actually going to be gone next year? That's my question. You have Von Miller. After that, it's a bunch of guys that I feel are either border, like just average starters that you could probably live without. Now, I think Alexander Johnson and Josie Dula are both fine, but Justin Stranod's been playing great. You have him yeah. in the wings. If you lose one of those linebackers, okay. If you lose uh, losing Kyle Fuller and Bryce Callahan will hurt, no doubt, but I'm guessing one of those guys is probably back. And if it's, yeah. if one of them is not back, that probably means that Ojemudia stepped up a lot. You have Patrick Sertan year two uh, and still Ronald Darby here. So that changes the needle. Caden Stern's been a star so far in camp. So losing Kareem Jackson who's probably closer to a league average starter at safety nowadays. Um, I agree with you how the defense's contracts are set up, but how many actual, because it's the, it's the league you lose. What is it? 30% of your roster every year, 33% of your roster turns over. That's true for most teams. How many guys that are actually building block players are you losing? I Von Miller is one. Kyle Fuller is the other one. I, I might make an argument for the rest. I think there's either the contract for them, or you can get by finding somebody else in the market paying 50% for 80% of the production. Right. And, and, and like I said, I, I don't think some of those guys are going to cost an arm and a leg like a Josie Jewel. I don't think it's going to cost much to bring him back. And I think they'd want to bring a guy like him back because he is a, a very solid player, knows the system, all those kind of things. And, and some of it will depend who's, who's the coach. Mm-hmm. <laughs> because a lot of these guys are fitting for Vic Fangio. Kyle Fuller brought in because he was so great with Vic Fangio. If Fangio's gone, do you keep Kyle Fuller? Do you try to re-sign him? I don't know. Uh, we'll, we'll have to see how that all plays out. But you're right. There, there's only a couple guys that really could fit into that mold of saying, man, this is going to hurt to lose. And Von Miller, he says he wants to be a Bronco for life. He's probably going to have to take a below market contract to make that happen. I don't know if he's going to be that kind of guy to do that. But we'll see. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you're going to lose some guys, but uh, the Broncos also have a lot of cap space next year also. So we'll see. We got Travis coming in here. Uh, how you doing, Travis? Good to see you. My thought Locke has the higher ceiling, but if Teddy wants to win the job, he has a lot of work ahead of him. Either way, may the best man win. And I will support go Broncos mile high salute. Thank you very much. Mile high salute back to you, Travis. Um, best guy win. And uh, I'm not as excited. I'm ex- excited for football this year. Duh. But I'm not excited about the quarterbacks per se, like neither drew Locke or Teddy Bridgewater. I'm like, I can't wait to see what they're going to do this year. <laughs> but but the guys that they're getting the ball to, right? I want to see Cortland Sutton. I want to see Noah Fant. I want to see Jerry Judy, KJ Hamler, Tim Patrick. So by like the distributive property, right? Like I'm, I'm excited to watch the quarterbacks, but it's because of what they're surrounded by and how much right. talent is on this offense at the playmaker positions. Right. And I'm excited to watch this offensive line mm, returning yeah. four starters. They haven't done that in years. I can't remember the last time they actually brought back this many starters and it sounds like the chemistry is so much better than it has been in the past. Yep. Uh, even on defense, getting to see guys like Draymond Jones, what's he going to be? Justin Sternod, can he turn into something? Sertan as well. You know, Darby and, and Fuller coming in here, just seeing what that secondary can be. So there, there's a lot of things to get excited about, even if the, the quarterback situation is not perfect by, by any means. And, and this team can still win, even with below average quarterback play. It's going to be tough. And they're going to have to have some luck in the injury department for yep. sure. Uh, knock on wood on that. But 
you know, th- there's still very much a chance that this team could still be pretty special, even if the quarterbacks are not. Exactly. Um, and CC coming in again, talking about this. Uh, I can see some real roster turnover with that defense, younger and cheaper, and start to build it up again. Good defenses aren't sustainable. And uh, that's a good point. Good offenses aren't sustainable unless they have a great quarterback, right? That's that's another yep. one where you have turnover still as well. So um, will be interesting. But this Broncos team, you already have guys in the fermentation chamber, if you will, uh, or marinating, you know, slow cooking on the stove right now or on the grill uh, that could fill those spots. You know, Baron Browning, he might not play this year, but he's one or he'll play this year. But what kind of role is he going to have this year? He's one that they're going to be developing slowly and surely. Four years left to control Justin Sternod. He, it sounds like he's playing great. Maybe not to the extent where he's going to take one of Alexander Johnson and Josie Jewell's spot, but he's going to be a starter probably 2022. Don't have to pay one of those guys. You can just focus on one of those linebackers. Caden Stearns, Jamar Johnson. You already had guys there. Michael Ojemudia, uh, Kerry Vincent Jr., maybe another cornerback. Uh, Ajim come, uh, Sosa coming up this year as well. So maybe that makes a different conversation where Draymond Jones is for as excited as we are about him. Maybe you let him walk because you have Ajim who's killing it and playing very well, or you, or you uh, move on from Shelby Harris, distribute that money to Draymond Jones and make Ajim the cheaper uh, guy. So while this team is going to have turnover on defense, because it is an older defense, it's an expensive defense, it's not like they are barren there. They have guys yeah. in position that can develop, and uh, we won't really know until, honestly, we won't know until the draft is come and gone because some of this is going to be behind the scenes, like with Ojemudi and Ajim, given they're going to be rotational this year. Um, but I'm not, I'm not as worried as some of you guys are. It's going to, it's an inevitable inevitability for these teams, right? You're going to have turnover. Right. All right. Well, we've got Michaela Parker coming in here with the super sticker. Uh, I'm sorry. We don't know exactly what that super sticker is, but we do really appreciate the, the two ninety nine right there. And uh, love the, love the face mask there. Yeah. Bronco face mask. That's pretty cool. I'm gonna have to get one for my flights here coming up. Hmm. Gotta, gotta let everyone know everywhere I go. Bronco guy here. You can get one of the uh, the Mile High Huddle Gators if you guys are, right. go to the uh, the superstore and uh, huddleuppod.com to get your swag on. So uh, quick little shout out, right? It's never a bad time for some PR. <laughs> um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, no. Um, any other thoughts, Carl, on training camp so far before we start to wrap this up and get on out of here? And a shout out to everybody who's joined us today. Shout out to Luke for joining us. Uh, talk a little football and the super chats have been great as well. A lot of orange twenties, a lot of blue fives. Um, so we appreciate everybody who's come in and uh, contributed just at all. Um, but any other thoughts with training camp now that it was the first day padded practice. And I know it was boring today. So says some people, but I I'm fine with it being boring as long as we're not having some serious injuries because that bug's going around uh, in the league right now. And uh, I would be absolutely devastated if we had to go a year you know, not watching Patrick Sertan, knock on wood, Noah Fant, knock on wood, Bradley Chubb again, knock on wood. Yep. Like, just like, I, I couldn't have it. You right. know, like, I, I, we need those guys. Right. And especially to lose them before the season even kicks off. Like, yeah. Von Miller, right there at the end of training camp. Mm-hmm. It, was, it was one of the last plays of practice. And he twisted, made a great rush, and just something popped in, it, in his leg. Yep. You hate to hear those kind of things. That just... Oh man, I, I remember that day when it popped up on Twitter. Von Miller down. I think we all like had our heart just skip a beat at that moment, and just to hear that it kept getting worse. And it's kind of like uh, just seeing that with uh, Carson Wentz of like one day, oh, he's got a foot injury. We'll see how it goes, and then the next day, it's like, uh, 
he might need might miss all of training camp and then yeah like it just keeps getting worse each day and it's like dude stop <laughs> just stop let it only be a few weeks and uh so uh, yeah it's thankfully today made it through mostly unscathed which for first padded practice is pretty good because most of these guys haven't been hit in six months seven months so yeah. I, i'm i'm happy with where it's at and uh, I'm excited to see how the rest of this week goes. And then next week, heading out there to Minnesota, that'll be a huge week in, in the evaluation process. Sometimes they, the coaches say those joint practices, the practices are more important even in, than the preseason game because yeah. there's certain things that they're trying to look for more. And preseason games are trying to kind of hide things from other teams of what they're actually going to do during the season. 100%. So I'm excited for it as well. I'm like I've said it early on, even when it was rookie training camp or everything is like the first time that we really get an information or inside information on what this team is going to look like this year when it's not a uh, net zero is when you have that combined practice with the Viking because when it's the Broncos versus Broncos, when somebody wins, somebody is killing it. That means somebody on the Broncos is also losing. So uh won't be the case with the Vikings and this Vikings team. They're actually a pretty darn good roster. This is a team that I think is an NFC dark horse this year. And maybe that's because the NFC looks like trash compared yeah. to a lot of the AFC right now. Um, it's the Packers and the Buccaneers. And then it's a big heap of honestly, who cares? It's just not very good. Maybe the Vikings are the third best team in the NFC. Even like that's, that's the extent of uh, they wouldn't even be like the eighth best team in the AFC. Um, but uh, that's what it is. And we should have a really good idea of what this team is, at least the directionality of this team. Uh, with with that week and also with each passing day. So excited about it. Excited to be here. Um, sorry that we're going to be missing uh, some of or sorry, I'm going to be missing some of you guys this week. And I got my parents coming in. So it'll be good to see him. Haven't seen the old man and huh, my lovely mother in a long time. So, Carl, thank you very much for holding down the fort. Uh, don't miss me too much again. Um, next Tuesday, I'll be at a uh, Mariners baseball game with them. So uh, I guess go M's. Is that what they say? We're at at the time. It's five or it's 50 minutes in. The Mariners uh, mascot is a moose and it drives me absolutely insane (laughs) because there are not any moose this side of the Cascades. They just, they don't exist out here. Moose? Why would they do that? Meese. 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 Who is that comedian? (laughs) I I can't remember who it is. Boxing? uh, Yeah. Uh, Is your mom bringing you some cookies? She is bringing me some cookies. Okay. Yes, she is. I was going to say, I'd be really upset with her if she didn't. Nope, she is. I could not be upset at my mother either way, but um, she is bringing me some cookies. So really excited about that. Excited to have you all guys uh, here today on this Tuesday. Nick is working on no sleep. You're out. I got back at midnight last night, woke up at uh, 5.30 this morning, and then uh, woke up at 4 o'clock the day before. So uh, running on fumes, but living on a dream, and it's going to be great. Um, thank you guys so much for joining us today. We love y'all. The chat was fun. Besides all that Tebow conversation, what's going on? No, you guys have fun. Whatever. It, it, I've seen way worse Tebow conversations in my day. That was pretty tame. So appreciate you guys having fun. Um, the and uh, Alex and Moose are on what side of the country? There's not Moose on the west side of the Cascades. There's like Ross Lake, which goes all the way up into Canada, and that's a huge divide. Um, so the Mariners have a Moose mascot. I know they're the M's, but. They don't have one out here. So it's like, what are you doing, guys? Pick something. I guess they're the Kraken, too. And what even is real life Kraken? So who cares? Um, but uh, that's going to have to do it for us, guys. Make sure you're following us on Twitter. Uh, myself, at Nick Kendall, MHH, and Carl, at Carl Demler, MHH. Uh, you guys can also follow our accounts at BTB Football Pod and at Mile High Huddle for all of our latest content. Uh, I had an article published today, Pro Football Focus, Notorious Broncos Haters, right, guys? 
Uh, they love the Broncos secondary, ranked number one in the NFL. Uh, go check out my article. Also, go check out uh, Eric's been working like a animal. Uh, now that he's full time, he has no choice. He is our Broncos <laughs> content slave. Um, no, but uh, we appreciate him for all that. And Chad and Luke as well, grinding. Um, make sure you guys are following them. Uh, if you join us on Facebook today, also go to facebook.com forward slash mile high huddle pod and facebook.com forward slash mile high huddle. Become a supporter. Uh, have some fun out there. Take that Tebow conversation there. That always goes well. Um, subscribe, like, and share if you're joining us on YouTube today. And uh, Carl, what do you got the rest of the night? We got any more football stuff? Any review? I'm actually going to go yeah. get some fish. I'm excited. I have one coming up. ESPN just put out an article about uh, the improvements of rosters one through 32. So 32 being the least, I'll tell you that is the Steelers. Yes. And uh, so we're going to talk about where the Broncos ranked in that group and, and what they thought of what the Broncos have done to improve this roster. Yep, absolutely. Um, it is a team that has improved, but you de- damn know they're going to talk about the quarterback position. But, uh, you know, we'll just have to see how it plays out, right? Everything will come to an impasse at some point with that. But thank you, everybody, for joining us today. Uh, as Dave says, faith, hope, love. And uh, love y'all. Go Broncos.